Welcome back to Beer and Football. We have breaking news. Uh, this just in from the EPL. The season has ended and Arsenal won the league. <laughs> it's over. We've done it. We've won the league. First place. Um, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> um, just kidding. But Arsenal Mike, is Mike, in first uh, place. Your alarm just woke, went off. Uh, it's time to wake up. <laughs> um, I'll gladly take that dream any day of the week. Um, Arsenal are in first place. Above literally everyone else at this point, yep. um, with their blinding performance <laughs> against Fulham. Um, but all said and done, we still have uh, 37 more games to go. But you know, anything could happen at this point. Um, we are back. The Thruple is here, um, and I'm joined with Jeff and Joe. Joe, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Have a good day. Aubameyang signed. Oh yeah. Three more years. I think that uh, gives a little jump start to the. Re- the restart and the rearrange of the club, and he can speed things along. So it's a good day. I'm feeling well. The saga has ended, and he has signed the ting, as yep. they say in North London. Jeff, how are you doing? <laughs> um, I'm doing well, uh, as well as can be, with you two sitting next to me. Um, you know, in all honesty, it's been pretty good uh, opening weekend. <clears throat> we got to watch some exciting games, and um, we both got the results that we wanted at the end. Um, you guys got to take the newcomers on as well as we did, so we'll get into that in a few minutes and, and how well our teams both did, and um, and then get a little preview into the coming week's games. We should We should have some nice games coming up next weekend as well. So, um, yeah, let's jump right into it. So, obviously, you guys have, uh, you know, spoiled the the results. Um, Arsenal did win their first game and uh, did so seemingly in a pretty comfortable fashion. Uh, Were you guys happy? Oh, that's a stupid question. Um, Of course we're happy, Jeff. (laughs) Top of the table. (laughs) So, uh, why don't you guys break it down for me? Um, What what went well there to, to lead to the such a good result um it it was a really good game start to finish i think um, a little bit of a scary moment kind of right in the beginning where it's just a little bit of miscommunication between uh gabriel and leno but you know after that i think it's kind of settled in gabriel settled into the game and had a really good performance in his debut and it was just it was a good opening game as like an opponent wise i mean fulham newly promoted team a lot of excitement but i don't think I think we uh, predicted that they are going to go down this year. They just weren't that strong of a team, and it was kind of a good game for us to play to get our feet wet and uh, start the season off, and it showed off with the level performance, the three goals coming out and kept a clean sheet. Uh, a couple debuts, William and Gabriel. As mentioned, Gabriel played pretty well. Um, strong performance in the back line. Um, it's kind of a surprise that he started um, in the back without Saliba, where everyone was kind of hoping that um, they would kind of get paired together, but all in all, I think he did a really good job. Uh, William jumped in and had a, a pretty much instant impact. I mean, played the first 70 minutes and assisted the first goal for Aubameyang, and um, I think he, I think if people had any reservations in terms of if he still had it, if he still had the legs, it was going to be a good player for Arsenal, good signing. I think he pretty much put all that to rest. I think his performance showed that he still has it. He's still a good player, and I think he can add a lot of quality on and off the field. Uh, for Arsenal this season, um, all around I thought it was good play, good build up, good uh, good energy levels. Um, great way to start the season, you know, get three points, get a shutout, and um, get things rolling on in a positive way. 
Yeah, you couldn't ask for much more. Right? Three, three in and zero shipped. So, um, you know, statistic-wise, you can't get much better. That um, they had the most completed passes in the first week by at least 50 passes, uh, closest to Leicester, which 50 behind them. Um, Joe, you see any? You agree with Mike, or do you see anything that that kind of gives you concerns at this point, uh, being so early in the season, or? Well, I think Fulham was probably the best draw we could have got for our opening game. Um, you know, it was some. You always felt that Arsenal were going to win, and they played well. And Fulham, they they didn't play very well. They didn't have any options up front, which you know they would defend, 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 and then they'd win the ball back and they lose it and just have to keep doing it. Um, when Mitrovic came in, he caused a little bit more problems for us. A little bit, he was able to push people around and. That's kind of something that's always been Arsenal's weak point. Is somebody physical up top can kind of beat them up. Um, but I think, all in all, it was a, a great performance that even, like, El Nene played really well. And there wasn't anyone that really put a foot wrong, um, which was good to see. And I think we still need that player to bring us forward more um, to lock, to pick the lock of these teams that are going to sit back. Um, but, you know, it was a good performance, they played well, everyone um, did their job, and just that little mistake with Gabrielle, but that was, you know, in the first 10 minutes and of him coming in and not really just, you know, that'll come with time playing with each other and, and see, but, you know, Leno made a big stop right there and by getting the ball and not giving up a PK, because that would have, you know, not been great, you know, to have that mistake lead to another goal, and, um, but all in all, it was a, a good week, and Hopefully it's the first of many. You mentioned El Nene. He's uh, he may actually have like a a way back into the Arsenal squad. Uh, I think we loaned him out last year. Uh, he actually played really well in the, in the friendlies building up to the season. I thought he played pretty well. I for my taste, I probably would have brought Sebastian at halftime, based on you know like the the lack of that attacking play and, and linking the, the the midfield to the front line. But I thought when Sebastian came on, he did a really good job. Um, Really, really smooth nutmeg you had on on their defender. Was, yeah. Seen that replay a number of times. It's always fun to watch, and I think he's he seems like he's picking up right where he left off last season, and he'll be a really good player for us. And like you said, I think we are missing that player that links the midfield to the front line. And hopefully, you know, we've got a couple weeks left in the transfer market that we can hopefully pick someone up. Clee Arwa, yeah. pronouncing that Awar. He's a really good player. He costs a lot of money though, so I don't know how much money we have left. <laughs> in the banker that we're loaning but um, hopefully we can do something with that so you guys um you know i mentioned this when you know when liverpool played arsenal and the community shield that the that arsenal I, I think we did it off podcast um you know we had a little group chat going and um that arsenal have been just so much more solid defensively over the since since arteta came in and kind of solidified things so if you bring in a, in a guy like a, a true number ten to to kind of link up play, who do you sacrifice in your in your back seven to to accommodate for a playmaker? Um, and does that open up your back line at all to any susceptibility? You know, because you do have essentially seven defensive players out there. Um, you know, in the three in the back and the four in front. You know, because you could consider that almost a five-two, 
it's seven players defensively, um, but you'd have to sacrifice one to get that 10 in there. So if you did bring in a, a true number 10, who do you guys sacrifice and how does your formation change? I, I think it, it gives us more options. Right now we're, we're lacking the options to change formations and play certain ways. I think we have to play this way because the individual defending is just not good enough. Um, by playing that back four, we were really exposed. And, but on the other hand, like when we play these lower teams that sit back, we need to be able to pick them apart. And right now, the club and the players, they seem more comfortable when they are the underdog. When they know that they need to sit back a little bit and hit on the counter, that's when they are, they feel like they're their best. And since Project Restart, that's when they've been their best, is when they've been able to sit back, absorb pressure with numbers, and then Aubameyang on the left is tearing down, and Pepe is in space, and those are where it's, they're really positive and moving forward. But also being able to play a flat back four and put someone in the middle to attack is something that the club needs to have. And right now we don't have that option because the players aren't there. We don't have a player that can do that. So if we bring in that player, we'll be able to change formations depending on what we need to where we can't right now. Yeah, I don't think this is exactly the style of play that Arteta wants to. I think he would probably much prefer a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3, but given the fact that our only number, True 10, is the laziest player in the league and doesn't want to play most of the time, that we can't really play a system that can accommodate that. So I think we're kind of forced to play that in this scenario with a, a, like a 3-4-3 hybrid of like a 3-5-2, 5-3-2, whatever. And if we did bring in a 10, like Joe said, we have more options. We can, you know, look at a game plan against the team that we're playing and not just sit back. We can actually attack and play some free-flowing football and, and look to get after teams instead of having one real style of play. And hopefully we, we have the ability to bring someone in and, and allow us to change it up every once in a while. And that's something that's great about Arteta is usually with the managers we've had in the past, they've had a formation that they've always wanted to play and they – put people in spots to fit that formation and Arteta is looking at the players that we have and doing what will make them successful um, which is huge because we haven't had that and it's showing right now that he's seeing what the players can do and he's setting them up to succeed and it's a good thing and if he has more options then I can only think that he's going to find the formation that's going to work and, and move us forward. That all sounds great. Um... I didn't hear an answer to my question, but that's okay. Um, no, yeah, I don't know who we take out. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think moving Tierney to the outside left back, I think Ainsley Maitland-Niles maybe is the player that goes, him or Bellerin. Um, so one of the wing backs. Yeah, I think. So you leave your two in the middle kind of cementing things down and, yeah. and sacrifice one of your wing backs to, to allow for that creativity going forward. Yeah, I think that would be what I would suggest. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're playing with those younger players on the outside who can get up and down the field, and we take one of those out. I mean, the downside of bringing someone in like that is you're going to even further diminish the playing time of someone like a Joe Willick or a, a Emil Smith-Rowe that will hope to get into that role. But if we bring in, like, a full-time starter in that role, I mean, those guys are probably not going to get the, the playing time that they need to really develop, so they'll probably get loaned out. So that's probably the downside to it. But, I mean, 
It's a problem that the big clubs have. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. I would, I would love to have that problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and um, so you guys definitely have some things to look forward to. Like I said, solid in the back, but now you got your gold products coming forward. Um, my my concern with Arsenal coming into this game was that they were not producing a whole lot up top, um, but that was against Liverpool, so that you know was understandable, and they proved me wrong. So um, you know, fair result to them. They took the newcomers and showed them who's boss. And as I said, Joe and Jeff, they are top of the table. They are the number one team in the league. <laughs> Um, and this week, I chose to to drink uh, to bring out my number one uh, fall uh, beer this time around. Um, it is a pumpkin ale. I'm one of those basic basic people this time of year. I love my pumpkin. I love uh, diving into that uh, that theme of things. And I went with um, it's a pretty rare one. These parts, um, it, it's a special release. You don't find it very often. It's um, Whole Hog Brewery uh, pumpkin ale. It is. Dynamite. I, I, I've tried almost every pumpkin ale out there. This is by far my favorite. Um, and with Arsenal being in the position that they are after one week, I understand it's only one week, but it's it's exciting and it's given us fans something to you know get it's excited about. It's it's our week. <laughs> um, and you know, I thought I would uh, spice it up with uh, my favorite pumpkin ale. It is very good. I highly recommend. It. If you can find it somewhere in the Midwest, um, very much um, recommended. So um, whole hog pumpkin ale. This one is for the Arsenal win over uh, Fulham this week. So we played the newcomers, Fulham, Liverpool, played Leeds. It's a fun game to watch as a neutral in that. Um, a lot of goals, some entertaining stuff, some mistakes. You know, Jeff, how did you feel? So it was fun. Um, you know, I, I never heard it during the, the commentating uh, to mention the fact that the Premier League champions were playing the championship champions. Um, I thought that was a fun little thing. It's like a cup in itself almost, like, right. a, like a championship in itself. Right, like a mini super cup. Um, and and it, did not, um, it did not fail to produce uh, some entertainment, as you mentioned. <clears throat> so it, it started out in the fourth minute. Liverpool kind of started out with, uh, with the ball, some domination going on, and, and diver- deservedly so, uh, earned a penalty, and Salah slot, slotted it home. So four minutes in, one nothing. You, you, at that point... Newcomers coming into Anfield, you expected a route. Yeah. Um, and then Jack Harrison kind of turned the game on its head. Nice little long ball over the top. Some beautiful individual play to, to produce a shot. Just just ball over the top. Kind of caught um, uh, Trent out a bit. And it wasn't the first time that Trent got, or it wouldn't be the last time that Trent got caught out in the game. Um, he was one of my players to forget uh, in that particular game. Um, just produced a beautiful goal. Um, Van Dyke comes in and you know just powers a, a header unmarked in the middle of the box. Now we're up two one. Bamford comes and he picks the pocket of Van Dyke and makes him look like a fool. Boom two two. Salah again just off a corner. I don't know if you guys saw the goal, but it was just it looked like he he was falling asleep and he just blasted it from about effortless seven yards out and top top shelf. Um, to go up 3-2 at halftime. And then a beautiful individual you know, goal um, in the box to, to put, put it level again. And then Salah, you know, uh, it was a deserved penalty. Um, 
You know, it's just some sloppy defending from yeah. a new signing. He went down pretty, pretty easily. No, just, but <laughs> such a terrible, such a forward tackle in the box that that guy yeah. made, Rodrigo made. Just, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Sticking his leg out, just throwing his body around. I thought initially that that uh, Fabinho went down easy, but then you see the replays and he he got him. Um, yeah. And it was just a sloppy defending. But overall, um, there was like. Half the team got set, rated seven or above for me, and then the other half got rated like four below for me. Um, Henderson looked really poor. I was surprised at his, dis, you know, the decision to get let him start. He well, was he's pushing forty. I mean, <laughs> he's only got so much left in the tank. <laughs> he he was not even fit to join England, um, and so I was surprised that he got the start. Um, same with uh, Trent. He he didn't get the start with England, but he came on for some minutes, or he did get the start, but the second game on the Nations League. I was surprised that he got the start. Um, Van Dyke looked sloppy. Robertson looked really good. I mean, it was just like half the team was really good and half the team was really bad, and and it just didn't seem like everyone was in full-blown let's win the league again. But the beautiful thing is is we got the three points. And and that's kind of – it reminds me of last season where, like, beginning half of the season, we didn't play fantastically. We didn't like blow teams away that City were doing, but we were winning games, mm-hmm. and and we were doing it in a way like, okay, well, we need this person to step up, we need that person to step up, we need this person, you know, and it just it was a different person each game, and Salah was the person this game because Mane was just not on, Firmino didn't have an eye for goal, um, the midfield looks like they were getting beat every opportunity, um, and so. You just had someone step up, and and that's what the it takes to be a champion, and and we learned that last year, and so I think that the lessons from last year are going to translate well to this year. But that being said, it's a little scary letting Leeds come into Anfield and uh, score three on you on the first game of the season. So good result, uh, definitely things to improve on though um, going forward. So last year, as you mentioned, they weren't playing the best last year, but they were getting the wins in, in, in that column. But the thing I've noticed that was a little bit different last year is, is it was that they were winning those games like one nothing, and they were keep, the scores were low. They were keeping the other team out. This game, they got through it in like a four to three thriller. Do you think that's worrisome that they're they're giving away more goals already at this point than they did last year when they were kind of getting those wins and and I want to say riding luck, but I mean they they got through games, but they were doing it in a fashion that were keeping the other teams out. Yeah, um, I guess you could say it's a little worrisome, but I, I'm not worried too much just because we have a fantastic back line, and Klopp's not going to really let them sit on their laurels. We got backups in all the spots essentially, so if a guy's not performing, you know, at any big club, you sit him down and let him think about it. So. Uh, Gomez had to go through that last year with Matip coming in and, and really performing. And, you know, when Gomez came back in, he, you know, he had to earn it. And he earned it, and then Matip had to try to earn it back. And now we got backups at all spots, so that's what big clubs do. So I, I think Klopp won't let it go too far. Um, however, you know, we'll get into the Chelsea game coming up shortly, but I, I think that definitely is a little worrisome with Chelsea's attacking prowess. Um, so hopefully they can figure it out. They get a whole week to, to talk about it. So hopefully it won't be too bad. But, um, you know, in Klopp we trust. So 
I think he's earned that that at this point. So we have to say Klopp's going to take care of it at this point. Leeds look pretty good too. They, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. Leeds I think they really good. Uh, they like to play. They're dangerous. They're. I think they need to maybe sure up their back line a little bit and keep it compact at some compact at some points. But you know they were fun. I think they're going to be an entertaining team to to watch and something you don't really want to play. Yeah, you don't really want to play that team. They're gonna they're gonna run all day and they're gonna they're gonna work hard and. Yeah, and, and doing that without a true striker, I mean, at least a prolific striker. Um, so um, they're, you know, they had their winger score, they had a midfielder score, and then they had their forward score. So, you know, goals come from all over. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I think we all agreed that they're going to stay up and they're going to earn enough points to, to you know, have Premier League play again next year. So um, was there something that stood out to you, Mike, about – the game or Leeds? Um. I, I agree with, I, I think Leeds looked really good. They're a team that, I mean, with their like man-to-man pressing style that Bielsa likes to play, it, they will push a lot of teams to the brink, even if they're down. They don't quit. Like most teams, especially at Anfield, you get scored on, you think you're going to, like two or three are going to come, and they, they push back every single time. Whenever they got scored on, they scored right away, basically. They, they push the game. They push Liverpool to their limit. Um, they just didn't have enough to keep them out. Like, there's just a lapse in, in judgment and, and bad tackle. But I think they're going to do that to a lot of teams. I mean, they came out of the gates against the, the league champs and took them 4-3 in, a, in the first week. I think they're only going to get better as the as the season progresses. And there'll be a team to look out for. Um, they're going to push a lot of teams. I think they're going to they're going to do comfortably well. I think probably mid table this season. I think maybe like 10 to 12. I don't think they're going to struggle at all about going down. Yeah, so those are two games. Um, the, the starkly different um, uh, kind of games, but same end result, three points on the board. Um, we got, uh, I know Liverpool have Chelsea and Arsenal have West Ham, so slightly different games there. Uh, Arsenal at home, Liverpool away. What do you think your odds against West Ham coming up are? At home, if we play the way we did and West Ham plays the way they did, uh, week one, I think we'll be okay. West Ham is one of those really weird teams that their wage bill sh- shows that they should be doing a lot better, but I, they never seem to pull it together. Um, they have a lot of like number tens and forwards, but nothing really else. I mean, they have Declan Rice, they got Mark Noble, who is still at the club, still starting, still playing 90 minutes, but I think they just they lack something. I don't know whether it's like coaching. I mean, they've had a number of coaches. They brought in Pellegrini. He couldn't get the job done. David Moyes is there for now. We'll see how long he lasts. I don't think the fans typically like him, but at the very least, he steadies the ship a little bit for them. Mm. He keeps them defensively sound. And yeah, he's not a sexy signing, is he? Not at all. He's just the guy who will literally organize your team, get the job done, and keep you up. I mean, that's pretty much... He's a savior at that point. I mean, he did that with Everton for a number of years. Um, it's no surprise that he didn't really work out at, at, at Man United. But it, I think that we, I mean, on paper we should win. I think if we progress and keep playing the way we are, I think we're, we should be able to, to take West Ham, especially at home. Um, I think, yeah, I just think we'll have a little bit too much for them. But, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll find out at the weekend. But I think they'll, I think they'll win. 
maybe I said what three one last time. I think it'll probably be a little bit closer. Maybe two nothing, two one, something around there. Keeping us at the top of the table. Yeah, I think. I think the way that we're playing right now, the way that the end of the season happened, and then, you know, the Community Shield and this this game last week, I think, I think we're playing really well, and hopefully we keep a similar lineup and we just kind of go with it and and see how things go. I, I would be okay with Ceballos and El Nene switching um, for this game just because I think we'll be able to take it to them and kind of push them. It would be nice to get a quick goal to kind of settle things down and then go from there. Um, but I think that we should be just fine, and I think it's 2 nothing the game that you know, hopefully Abamian gets another one, and it would be nice to get, have Lacazette get another one too. He needs to keep it going, and we really need him to start scoring some goals and, and taking some of the pressure off of Aubameyang and have the goals come from a different spot. So I'd like to see Aubameyang and Lacazette score 2 nothing. So it would be nice to get a win here because I'm looking at your, uh, your coming schedule here, and you got Leicester, Liverpool, Sheffield, Man City, Leicester, Man United. All the whole top six. Just bring them on now. Just take, we're on a good run. We'll keep it going. You know, we'll take them all down. Um, it's quite quite a and then you got Aston Villa. Okay, a little break and then Leeds, which we've seen is tough. Mm-hmm. Wolves, which we know is tough. Tottenham, man, that's that's quite a <laughs> an upcoming schedule here. So three points against West Ham will definitely be welcome. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, um, I th- that's a tough schedule, and you know we'll really see where we're at when we come out of that and how what where we're going I think you know we've always typically struggled against those bigger teams and especially away from home and we just need to start getting results and hopefully we get it we you know get a win here and there in those groups and in those games and see where we go but we really need to focus on those teams that lower lower table mid table and we need to always be winning those games and then we can start to move on to find those pieces that are going to beat those the top six because you know we did finish what eighth last year and that was probably where we belonged from the way we played so I think beating those teams consistently that are below us that we are better than is what we need to do and then you know absorb pressure against those bigger teams and hit them on the counter like we've been like we can do and see what happens but you know that's a tough schedule and you know it it could make for a long stretch of time if they don't get it together but um, hopefully there's some good games in there that you know keep us excited about where we're at keep you a little inflated yeah because yeah. <laughs> I mean that alone beating the the smaller teams and the lower uh, table teams kept us in the top four for like 15 years you know that's that was Wenger's bread and butter is beating up the little guys and, and not doing well against the big guys. But especially this season, I think, is going to be very interesting in, in like, the quote-unquote top six and getting top four is going to be pretty hard because Wolves are a team that finished, what, seventh, and they went pretty deep in, in Europa League. They don't have any European football, so their full so, uh, sole focus right now is the Premier League. So they're going to be... And they had a pretty good first game. They they looked good, and they're going to be a team that is going to be really pushing for the top four, I think. And then, you know, Tottenham are also in the Europa League. but I mean, So that means early on, their starters are not going to be playing a lot of uh, non-Premier League football for a, a while. So they're going to be fresh. They're going to 
I mean, hopefully they continue to underperform, but I mean, they're <laughs> going to be ready to go week in, week out until, you know, if they make it through the Europa League. So I think, and Leicester as well, it's going to be interesting. So like, like Joe was saying, we need as much, as many wins as we can get and as many points as we can get. And, and we need to, to get them often, get them early. Yeah. And I mean, before Christmas, get all the hard teams out of the way. I mean, it's going to be a tough road, but I think we're, we're in a spot that we can do it. And we get, you guys get the, uh, we, we both have the Carabao cup coming up next week. Um, you know, we, We'll preview kind of we kind of preview in the the Premier League games for the weekend, and then we'll talk about uh, Carabao Cup coming up uh, on our next podcast. We should be able to review kind of two games since we got the Liverpool Arsenal go game coming up um, the following Monday. So not this Monday, but the following. So um, we should be able to to have a nice conversation after that one. <laughs> uh, Liverpool at home taking on Arsenal. So. Little, hopefully a little revenge there, but we won't talk about that too much since um, we got Liverpool's game against Chelsea coming up this Sunday. Um, and not only is it against Chelsea, but it's at uh, Stamford Bridge. So Chelsea have been a thorn in our side for, for many years, and, and I expect it to be the case again on Sunday. Um, Liverpool should come in nice and fresh being able to kind of review the defensive woes that we had and come in good. But, um, you know, this this one is going to be a bit difficult um, from from the onset, where leads could have gone either way. Uh, so I'm going with uh, Kona Brewing. This is the big wave. and um, Is the big wave coming? It, the big wave is coming. So this is the 19-ouncer, and uh, it's kind of my salute to the end of the summer, which means that uh, I'm looking forward to to fall to fall football and, and Liverpool's chance of coming in and making a big wave at Stamford Bridge. Uh, it also has a bunch of islands on the on the on the can, and I'm hoping that. Uh, Liverpool's back four don't uh, <laughs> uh, isolate themselves on <laughs> islands any longer, and they're going to come back and uh, and play as a unit. So, uh, Kona Brewing, uh, this is just a, such a fantastic beer for uh, summertime for sure. But you know, coming towards the end, um, I'm kind of holding on a bit longer here. So, Kona Brewing, big wave, uh, fantastic all day type of drinking beer, love it. So with uh, Chelsea coming up, Jeff, um, I mean, they, they leads ran them pretty tight, pretty close, and they did that without really a front line, a, a main striker. Chelsea is kind of the opposite. They spent a lot of money on, on, dy- on dynamic front line. Um, how do you think they're going to fare against them? I think, I mean, they played well against um, in their first game with Chelsea, and they, they got the win over Brighton, but... Uh, None of their big guys scored, but they were involved in, in a lot of the play, and I don't think they're at 100% with their, their signings yet, but I think they have a lot to offer. Do you think Liverpool will learn from Leeds and, and kind of strength tighten things up in the back, or do you think they're going to kind of squeak by again? Uh, so to be honest, I think that the Leeds goals were um, they were one-offs, per se. Um, Leeds goals, none of them went through the midfield. So the first goal they bypassed, they went over the top. Second goal was a mistake from Van Dyke, and the third goal, um, I guess you could say maybe came from the midfield, but it was more of a, a deep line play. I, I don't see Chelsea. It so I should stop there. 
if Liverpool play the same midfield lineup that they played last game, I think that they will be really hard-pressed to win. If Liverpool play Fabinho, Keita, and Wijnaldum, I think that, that Liverpool are going to do really well. Uh, I think it just matches up better with Chelsea's midfield. And I don't think Chelsea's midfield is a cohesive, cohesive unit as well as Liverpool's yet. So I think it all comes down to who Klopp uh, picks. And based on last game's performance, it shouldn't be the same three in the middle. So hopefully he will adjust and, and see that because I think the Liverpool's front three is fine. They, they'll, they'll fire on the cylinders they need to. It's the midfield that's going to decide the games. So Liverpool's midfield versus Chelsea's midfield is the matchup that I'm looking at to decide the game. Yeah, and I think with all the signings that Chelsea made, I think they're very good going forward. Um, but I don't think they addressed their back line enough. Um, and Liverpool's front line is, is very good. So I think they're going to really cause them problems. I think... Um, but it's about the supply. Yeah, and I, I, I think if you look at the midfield, and I think that's you know where as a midfielder playing, that's where a lot of the game gets won and lost. But I think if I had to pick, I would pick Liverpool's front line against Chelsea's back line every time. Um, so those, finding those players in space like Mane and, and Salah, finding them in space, I think will cause Chelsea a lot of problems. Um, where. I think the Leeds game was more of a first game back and kind of figuring things out that I I think that their back line is going to be fine um, even though Van Dijk, he might be past it I think, I think all the mistakes he keeps making <laughs> I think, but I think just, and all joking aside I think, you know, he seems like the player that he's going to just watch tape and, and figure out those mistakes and never make them again um, and you know Werner's still new. He's still getting it together. And um, Havertz and all those players, I, I think that given time, I think they're gonna, Chelsea's going to be a, just a handful. And they're going to be tough right now, but I think Liverpool's going to take them um, and sure things up in the back and then hit them on the counter. And, you know, you know it's 2 nothing. I think, Liverpool. Yeah, I'll agree with that any day. But um, again, I think it comes down to the to the midfield, the, the Klopp picks personally, because um, I don't think Henderson. Again, I don't see these guys every day, so it's hard for me to tell. But Henderson did not look a hundred percent, so I'd rather see him come off the bench, sure things up. Um, but yeah, the midfield just wasn't quite there last game. They, if you look at the games that Liverpool truly dominate, it's the midfield that really is is the star. Um, they, they run the show, they, they stop plays, they break them up in the offensive half, they, they, they release the players that do the damage, and, and if that supply and, and, um, and defensive stand isn't there, then, then things start to become a little bit more chaotic. So I'm looking at midfield for Liverpool to, to really step up this game. Uh, if they do, then why not 4 nothing? Four nothings your guess. Four, four nothings your prediction. Wow, it depends. Well, we're gonna, like I said, it depends on the midfield. Well, if the oh, midfield shows up and, and Van Dyke shows up the way he has been, I don't know if that's gonna hold up. But 
right, Jeff says four nothing. Joe says two nothing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go two two. I think this is gonna be a draw. I think I've said it before, and I, I, I just think Liverpool might still be on like an island, still be on like summer vacation. Because I mean, they no one really got much of a break this year with you know the end of the season happening a few like month ago, and then international play started like last week, and then jumping right into the season. There wasn't much of an off season, and I I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna be able to ride the luck. I think they're gonna have a lot harder matchups this year than I think they did last year. And I'm gonna go two two. Not gonna be too much of a downer on, on your guys, but fair enough. I think it's gonna be hard to keep Chelsea out of the out of the net. Yeah, um, I, I think they have a lot of player power going forward. So fair fair play to that, um, but we'll see. Week one in the books for the Premier League. Um, we're gonna shift things across the pond, and we're gonna check in with um, our homeboys, um, hometown boys, I guess I should say. It sounded weird. <laughs> um, hometown team with Chicago Fire, and uh, Joe is our resident specialist in that area. So, Joe, how did the Fire fare this week? Seemed like a bit of a back and forth game. Yeah, uh, typical Fire fashion. You know they played well enough. They, you know, scored two goals, two early goals. They're up to nothing after 15 minutes and then nothing else until the end. And, you know, I was telling them as I was watching, you know, I've never seen a team so unfit during a match. And, you know, after 70 minutes, they looked gassed. Like, they had nothing left. And it's unfortunate because they don't get the results and their, their fitness levels were not up to what you would expect a team who's not great. If, they're not, if you're not going to be very skillful, like, at least be fit and be able to run teams down and, and do that. And, you know, they were just getting beat just in basic runs and they're pushing up and... Uh, Frankowski missed a, an open net three yards out, and he had the whole goal, and he shot it right at the goalie. That would have, you know, the game would have been over. Um, Madron, one-on-one, tried to chip the keeper, and he hit it like 30 feet in the air. Um, and then they just go on, and, and they got a lucky bounce for their, the Columbus got a lucky bounce for their second goal to tie, but still, they it should have, ne- it should have never been an option for them. Um, but, you know, that being said, there's there's still some decent players on the on the field that the team should be doing better than they are, and that's what's the most frustrating. I think is that the signings that they made and the players that they have are they're better than what we've had in the past, and they're still getting the same results. So it's that's what's really frustrating is even the players are getting a little bit better, but the results are staying the same, and. Unfortunately, it's a results business, and they are not getting them, and it's a really frustrating time because you watch them and you think, oh, they're finally doing something the right way, and they're up 2 nothing at 15 minutes in, and then, like always, they get scored on in, in the 85th minute plus to tie a game or lose a game, and it's just the same old, same old, and it's kind of odd to me that they're not fit. I mean, they've been they were in the MLS's back tournament. They've yep. been playing for a while. They've been training since like what April, May. Like they've been at it for a long mm-hmm. time. It's it's kind of shocking that they're not fit. Is it a 
like what what are your thoughts on that? Is it that other teams are somehow just fitter, or are we just mentally not there? Like, how is that even possible? I think it's a little bit of both. I think they the fire were just pushing up so much up when they were up two one. They were pushing up so much, and then instead of tracking back and not getting sucked up too far, they just kept going and pushing up, pushing up, and then they're getting hit behind, and they're constantly, you know, under pressure and not making good decisions. And instead of seeing they match out, they're pushing and pushing and pushing. And you know, at when it's the 80th minute plus, you gotta, and you're up two one at home, you have to. You know, see the game out. You cannot get scored on to lose these points, especially when you're you don't have the points saved up. You don't have them. You need to get them, and you have three points in the bag. You need to do whatever you need to do to keep the ball in the corner, play possession, do those things. That's a tough spot. And then you know you get an unlucky break, and it's two two and. Columbus feels like they won the game, and you're walking away feeling like you lost. So you mentioned it before, you know, the you have better players and the same result. So how much of it do you bring down to mentality? I mean, if you look at the team, how many of them are returning players? Not many. Not many. So it can't be a, well, I'm a player coming into a team, um, and I'm not very good. It's you're coming into a team that's losing all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, how much of that culture is still around to maybe, you know, sinking into their brain, saying, hey, we've been in the bottom of the league the last five years. Even though I'm a new player, that's the expectation. Do you think that's coming into it all? Um, Because our quality has risen, but our results are the same. I mean, there's got to be something to give there. Yeah, I've, I've always felt that way for the past 10 years. We every year it's a constant rotation of players and new players and new players, same results. It's a club thing. There's a there's a negative aura at the club. There has to be that all of this continues to happen, even though there are basically new players every season. It's still the expectations and the like. You have to win mentality is not there and. As much as they say, it's always, it seems like the fire always shoot to make the playoffs. That's kind of their goal. And I, that's my least favorite goal because like half the league makes the playoffs. <laughs> and when you, sh- when you set the goal out to make the playoffs, that's saying that I'm being, okay being yeah, half. Yeah, good. being <laughs> mediocre is okay. Yeah. It's, it's, this is a league where you can be terrible one season and the next season you can win the league. And just because of, salary cap and all the different you know restrictions and everything you can make that quick turnaround where you can't do that in other leagues you know you're not going to have Aston Villa is not going to all of a sudden be title contenders contenders (laughs) because they're just you know they just know what they need to do and they're going to try to do that the fire can make three or four signings bring in three or four players and then that could change everything and they're just the mentality and the expectations are way too low um, at the club, and it's it's frustrating because we've seen. I used to see good teams that were at the fire, and I haven't seen them in a while. And this one, I thought, 
could possibly have a chance. Have a yeah. chance, but they're not they're not close and so what does it take then? I mean, we, we brought in... Um, we need more Collier. That's what we need. We need more Collier. He had 70 minutes on uh, Saturday. And to his credit, he um, he took a player on and he put he played the ball to Frankowski. He beat his man and put in an awesome cross and should have had an assist and should have set the game, like should have closed the match down. But Frankowski let him down. And, you know, as much as I give him a hard time, He's out there trying, and he's out there running at players. It's just his he, – he can't be expected to be our dynamic sub and our person to come off the bench and change the match. And, you know, he's doing his best. And, you know, it's just – unfortunately, he's someone that is like our first go-to player to turn a match, and he's, he's just not – quality enough to do that so he, he's the first to go to uh for the number nine spot but um someone i keep bringing back up is sapong um who has not yet featured in this season that i'm aware of um but i think he is a dynamic player that could help open up the fire's offense mm-hmm. um obviously that doesn't you know s- solve anything in the back but it does give you an option going forward because we do have some firepower going forward with Sapong, Frankowski, uh, Ferber, um, there there is some Madron, talent out yeah, there. Yeah, Madron's a good player. I like him. So, Jimenez, I like him too. I think it's just they need to get it together and yeah. figure it out. So you know, the talent is there is what we're all agreeing on. It's 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 trying to figure out the mentality at this point and and what does it take to break that duck? You know, um, I don't know. Bringing in a player that that has won a World Cup, um, you think that would well do anything? We, we thought that might when <laughs> when Schweinsteiger came and when he did come, he did change their culture. Him and Dax McCarty, they changed. And that first season when he was there, that was the best I've ever seen the Chicago Fire play. They dominated matches. They controlled everything. Nobody wanted to play the Chicago Fire. Um, and then they just didn't get the support from the front office to keep the players around and build on it. They thought this team is was just really good. We'll just keep those same players, and that's not how collect, collect more money. Yeah, that's not how the sport works. When you you need to build on your success, and they rested, and then you know now we're back to where we were before Schweinsteiger and. So do you think that's what it's going to take? Is it take another winner to be brought in before we can be good again? Yeah, I, I, one of those guys like a Schweinsteiger who has the pedigree, has the you know the status that's going to get everyone on board, and has the product to back it up. And Schweinsteiger had all three of those things. You know, it's he's not a like a glory signing that is just a name. Schweinsteiger had everything. Mm-hmm. He was the perfect player for the fire um, and to change the mentality. We need to find that other player, and I don't know. Would Messi, the name Messi, be brought to the table? I don't, He's I, decent. I don't know if he has the quality that the, we're looking for <laughs> on the fire. I think he, I don't, I don't know if he um, would do that. But no, it's, some, he, it's not going to be Messi, but someone of, of that, that kind of the stature and that has a that cut yeah that cut is of just a you know he's a, that they're just a, a winner and they know the right things and the right stuff to do in the locker room the right work ethic and 
you know, you want to have those players around to show the younger players what to do and how to be a professional. And yeah, it would right be now, nice. It's, you know, it's a tough spot. So what we're, we're pretty much saying is that fire screwed until we sign a, a previous winner. A messy like. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think we just need to. They're they're tough right now. I think the results are showing where the club is right now, and there needs to be a turn somehow, some way. Some um, catalyst. I think that's that might be a, a signing here or there, or you know, just a. Do you know off the top of your head? Do we have any more designated player spots available? We have used all three. Yeah. We have uh, Jimenez is a good player. Um, Barich is fine. I don't know. I, he's not a a star signing that's going to win you a lot of matches. He needs a lot of support. Um, and then Aliceta is the other player. Um, that's a designated player, and he's so there was some ten. Yeah, there's some some new rule that if you sign a younger under twenty three designated player, like it takes some. You get some on the cap end. You get a little bit more, and you know he's fine. Um, Not he, your sexy signing. No, and Not. it's unfortunate because you know going into Soldier Field, those that was the time to to turn things around and really make a splash, and they didn't do that. And here we are again. Could they use like a Mustafi or like a Socrates? <laughs> they could definitely use a Mustafi. They could. <laughs> they could definitely use like an Ozil type player. He would look really great in the. He's not expensive. Sign him up. <laughs> Sign him up. But he's, he's turned down the likes of China and, and Turkey. Yeah. So how are we gonna? Middle East. Him? I mean, yeah. Chicago's perfect for him. <laughs> it would be perfect for him. But you know we. Um, we can make those moves and hopefully get more time together and use this rest of the season to figure stuff out to, to move forward. I would think that this season is a good season to figure things out because this season is kind of a wash, as it seems anyway. Um, they seem to be doing okay in the bubble, but um, everything I think this year sports-wise is going to have an asterisk next to it. Um, Especially that Liverpool win. Um, <laughs> You know, being 30 points ahead. <laughs> oh, was it 50 points ahead of Arsenal? Uh, I couldn't the remember. Eighth place is an asterisk, too. Yeah. Um, We're in the what can you do for me now business? <laughs> Top of the league, two trophies. <laughs> anyway, I can't remember, uh, but um, we're going to have to see what the leagues do this year. But either way, I think that if the fire can continue to build on their, their infrastructure and, like you said, bring in a, a, a signing that will really inspire them, I think that. You know, maybe we could turn the corner. You know, that would be nice. But so if there's time to take a chance, now is it? Yeah, it's 2020 dumpster fire. Just, I, just I think Steven stuff. Gerrard is still uh, unsigned. <laughs> He's out there. He can <laughs> hop over from Scotland yeah. over. Manage Rangers and come play for the fire. I think it works. Yeah, why not? Why not try it? Um, but I can touch on my root beer today. Drink one. It's called Stewart's. It's a new one I never had. It's very good. Um, I found it. I was out shopping and looking around, and this one I never had. I'm going to give it a try, and I'm glad I did. It's a good one. Stewart's uh, Fountain Classics Root Beer. Is it up there? Top 10? It's, it's up Top there, five? yeah. There's, WBC is my favorite still, but this one I think is coming in right behind it. What sets wow. it apart? What sets root beer apart from another root beer? Because um, beers, you can... A little bit... A lot of stuff goes A little bit creamier. A little bit smoother. Not as much of a bite, I guess, a pop. 
It's not as I'm not a big fizzy kind of. The fizzy pop, no yeah. good for Joe. No. <laughs> so this one's a little bit a little bit smoother for me. Good to hear. Uh, I, I think all root beers, you know, are very similar. So just they are very similar. To, to see the difference, minus the ones from Australia. Yeah, those, yeah, are, those are hands down the worst. <laughs> you don't Sorry, Australia, we want you to listen to our podcast. Stick to rugby. <laughs> that root beer is keep importing. Keep importing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, week one of the Premier League is in the books. Arsenal sit atop. Liverpool is close behind, but. Keyword is behind at this point. Long, long season. We we, we got to throw our shots in when we can, and yeah. this seems like the only time we'll have the opportunity. So um, we got some fun stuff coming up uh, next week. We should have two games to to preview or review, I should say, uh, with the Carabao Cup and uh, and the league. So uh, hopefully results go both of our ways yep. until Liverpool meet Arsenal, and then I hope you guys crash and burn but yeah we'll see how it goes we'll see if we can look into a, a live podcast or, or something to maybe an instant reaction podcast or something like that uh, celebrate the occasion should be a big game good game early on um, shout out to our beers we have Kona Big Wave um, Stewart's Root Beer mm-hmm. and uh, Whole Hog Pumpkin Ale um, three very good choices this week and uh and only two good results, but you know we'll, we'll take it uh, when we get them, and hopefully Chicago can turn things around. However, um, we've got uh, some some off-field stuff going on. We got the Pick'em Challenge that uh, Jeff is in, in the lead by uh, one one game here, and then uh, our fantasy league in the Thruple. Uh, Joe has got a bit of a lead there, yep. only because um, I didn't set my lineup, and I had City, Manchester uh, United, and Chelsea players who none of them played this week, so only. Somehow managed four players on the field this week. Still in second place. It's like Emory level managing right there. <laughs> uh, I, I got to get the sack soon, you know. Uh, but um, well, we have that to, to keep us uh, occupied off the field. And then um, hit us up on on Twitter, Beer Football Pod. Uh, we'll look out, look out for those questions, and uh, we'll, we'll get them on on air in the next couple of podcasts. Uh, <sighs> week two of the new season in the books for the podcast. We are now what is it? we're nineteen. We are old enough to buy cigarettes and um, do some quasi illegal things, but uh, it's it's we're gonna <laughs> and we're get gonna, charged for it. <laughs> as, as an adult. We, uh, we are growing. We are adolescent. We are getting to that young adulthood as a podcast. So um, I'm having fun. Hope you guys are having fun along with us. Um, and until next time, next round's on us. Cheers. Cheers.